This is Anthony Pascal. And this is Lori Elster, and this is the All Access Star Trek podcast. Last week, we were basically just talking about best of 2023 and what was coming in 2024, and we skipped news. And we have some from last week and then some brand new stuff from this week. So I think we should just dive right in. We'll make our way through all the news stories. And the first one, which I'm sure you know about, is that Paramount says they are developing another Star Trek movie. This is not any of the ones that we have discussed before. This is a brand new film in development, and it's called An Origin Story that takes place decades before. They don't say how many decades, by the way. Decades before the Star Trek movie that came out in 2009. And it's being produced by J.J. Abrams. I mean, we kind of have talked about this in that, you know, I've talked about how there are multiple projects in development and that Paramount does want to build out Star Trek as a cinematic universe. You know, that's really what this announcement is, if you think about it, because Paramount wanted to make it clear to the trades that this is not instead of the long gestating Star Trek four project with Chris Pine. This is in addition to. Right. And it's not the Quentin Tarantino one. <laughs> no, that's dead. Unless Quentin decides to do 11 movies. Um, they've hired some strong people to be involved in this one. It is it, it, unclear what it's an origin of. Is it an origin of particular characters? Is it an origin of Starfleet? Is it an origin of, you know, everything? Star Trek, you know, you could go back to the... Romulan War? Is it the origin of the Kelvin universe? Are they bringing back Chris Hemsworth? Because it's like, is, is it is it an or it's an or, you know people are joking. It's an origin story to an origin story, right? Right, right. <laughs> and a lot of, I've seen a lot of people complain like, why do they keep going back, <laughs> backwards, backwards, backwards? So yeah, that well, let's talk about the people who are involved before we get into more of that. So the director is Toby Haynes, who I mean I think is most notably. Uh, been doing Andor, which is a big deal. Let's just stop there. Andor, I think, is the best sci-fi thing that's happened in the last decade, possibly. Um, I need to watch it. It's different than the Dave Filoni stuff. It's not very Star Warsy. You know, they don't overdo the Star Wars stuff. It's Tony Gilroy. It's really like a spy thriller, kind of a lot of political intrigue. Um, but he directed half the episodes, including some really strong, you know, middle episodes. A lot of good character work on that show. It's a great show. Anyway, sorry. All right. I'll check it out. Well, the other notable thing that he did a while back is that he directed the notorious uh, USS Callister episode of Black Mirror, which was obviously based on Star Trek, sort of a dark, twisted, virtual reality Star Trek kind of thing. Um, and he begged to be on it. He's a huge Star Trek fan. It's essentially a short film. In fact, it won, I think, TV Movie of the Year Emmy. It won four Emmys. It's dominated for seven. It's really good. Some people say it's the best episode of Black Mirror, which, again, is some of the best television. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a tough. That's, it's got tough competition because there are lots of really strong episodes. Yeah, so this guy is one of the, you know, one of us type nerds. He done a bunch of Doctor Who episodes. He did this show called Utopia. In the UK, seeing his name, I'm like, okay, that's good. But of course, we've seen some really good names attached to Star Trek over the last decade. 
that have come and go. Matt Shackman, Noah Hawley. I yeah. love Noah Hawley. You know, Fargo, I'm watching the new season of Fargo. I mean, he's a genius. I really wanted to see what he was going to do with Star Trek. So there's no shortage of them bringing in talented people. And They've brought in a good writer, too. We haven't talked about him. You know, not as well known, a guy named Seth Graham Smith. I I, I very much enjoyed. He did a movie called uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, which had, uh, was kind of silly and fun. He wrote the book that it was based on, and then yeah. he adapted the screenplay. And he's he's known also as a script doctor, which is good. Like, that means it's the guy you call in to punch things up when you need help. My bet is he's done that on other things that JJ's worked on. So, you know, a creative team is in place. There's a few significant things. Paramount didn't send out an official press release, so this isn't kind of as big of a deal. They haven't set a date for production and certainly not for release. Like this week, Disney announced a new Star Wars feature film uh, to be directed by Jon Favreau. And they said it's going into production next year. They gave it a name. So this isn't as big of a deal as that you know that seems more real but it is possible that we're now inching slowly and but surely (laughs) towards the thing i've been talking about which is paramount getting their act together and starting to expand on star trek the other thing that is paramount is now describing the star trek 4 project which they continue to say exists right which everybody's (laughs) very skeptical about but it's now being described as the final chapter um, not, you know, of the franchise, but right, in I that think, series. Yeah. So. Of the, you know, that of Chris Pines, Kirk, and not that they, none of them could ever come back and do a one-off a la like Logan or, you know, those kinds of things that we've seen with other franchises. But if, and when it happens, we'll never see the gang together again with Kirk, Spock, McCoy, etc. Right. And I kind of like that in that, you know, just like when you give, which I wish they told the Discovery people before they started working on season right. five, is this is your last season. Make it your last season. It's always good to know when you're making something to wrap it up. Of course it is. Right. I mean, the bigger issue is, like, are any of these things going to happen? You know, where it's it's we've heard a lot about these before, you know, we've the Star Trek four we've been hearing about for a long time. So, I mean, time is the only thing that will tell it's if they're putting the word, they put the word out there before, like every time I think of some reason, Oh no, maybe this is really going to happen. I go, Oh, they already did that. Oh yeah. Remember when JJ came out and said, we're making this other movie. Then all the actors were like, what? I know you were always remain hopeful. And I think you have a good gauge of what is likely to happen, but I confess I'm still skeptical. Well, as I always say, Paramount wants to be in the Star Trek movie business. They just kind of can't figure it out. You know, this is another issue that, you know, the things are happening below the water that we can't see. But as you often point out, how long has it been since Star Trek Beyond? Almost a decade. You know, we're we're heading to the 60th anniversary. Right. And maybe they just don't really, they don't know what they want to do. They really don't seem to know. Well, the, the, you know, there's been creative differences, uh, you know, on a small scale and at a macro scale. There's politics involved. Money is always the big issue with Star Trek. How big to go is it? You know, and and of course, with the actors that they've got, it's like, can you get these people together in a movie that doesn't make a billion dollars and have it still work? You know, which seems crazy, but that's Hollywood economics these days i feel like all of that is the same thing i'm saying (laughs) 
<laughs> but I, I do feel like it's going to happen uh, or something's going to happen. I think that we're going to get a Star Trek feature film moving relatively soon. But uh, you know, maybe I'm just a cockeyed optimist. Well, you've been right before on your projections and predictions, but we'll see. <laughs> this one, it's it's hard to latch onto just because it's been so like how many times can you put the football out like Lucy in front of Charlie Brown? Absolutely. I mean, the I still don't get why on that big Paramount Global Investor Day in 2021. God, it's hard to remember now where they brought out J.J. Abrams and he made yes. the big announcement and he said, we're going, was, yeah. we're going into production in the fall. I mean, they should have had it's it's shocking how much they didn't have their ducks in a row before they did that. And it's like that does have a smoke and mirrors kind of where they're basically trying to pump up the stock by building up, you know, saying we're bringing back Star Trek again. You know, it's not the most important thing within the portfolio, but it is important. That was weird. And I'd love to get the inside <laughs> scoop on. One day we'll find out what the hell was going on there. Yeah. We've got a couple articles on the site with more, de you know, what we know about the initial news and the link to Toby Haynes and his love for Star Trek. Yes. You know, it does remind me of many years ago when I was working at MTV as a freelancer and I got a job working on a pilot because the then president of MTV, Judy McGrath, just happened to announce it at a meeting and she just kind of made it up on the spot. And then because she'd said we were doing a pilot, they had to make a pilot. <laughs> so... <laughs> who knows <laughs> yeah, it's, it's sometimes it is shocking how corporate politics works but, yes uh, <laughs> well there's another movie rumor floating around in a strange way yeah i don't um, think yeah here's the important <laughs> thing i do, for, before we get into this i don't think this is related no it's not related at all well so yeah but you know within days we hear about and so we'll finish your thought <laughs> <laughs> Well, Patrick Stewart was on the Happy Sad Confused podcast, and it should be noted this was recorded back in November. And he told Josh Horowitz, the host, that he'd heard last night about a script that was being written for a Star Trek movie for Patrick Stewart himself to be in, and that he would get it within a week or so. And we haven't heard anything about any kind of feature film with Picard in it. I poked around, couldn't find any confirmation of this. Someone I trust said it was bullshit. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's, you know, it's possible Patrick was confused about maybe a script his, you know, agent told him was coming for something else, like maybe a Marvel thing. But I mean, this was when you watch the podcast and we're not the only people who covered this. Josh Horowitz was asking him Star Trek questions. Stuart was talking about, Jonathan Frakes and then and and all the movies they made and the, this was all introduced and do you still want to do another movie which he even mentioned in his book right yeah. so he's made it clear he wants to get back on the big screen and then he said oh and there's the script and and it's going to be this kind of challenging version of Picard and all that so see that's the thing like I could see Patrick Stewart showing up all uh the way he showed up in the Doctor Strange movie where it's like oh look it's Patrick Stewart oh he's dead you know, like like that kind of quick thing. 
<laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I think that was like three years ago, right? I was right? going to say it came out a while ago. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> you know, I, I don't see a movie with him as the lead. I mean, like, let's say, which I think is – if legacy were to ever happen, the most likely thing would be they would turn it into a backdoor pilot, create a streaming movie event like they're doing with Michelle Yeoh, and he might show up, but it's not going to be about him. It's going to be about Seven, and Frakes is going to be a bigger character than than Picard. Picard is emeritus at this point. Right. They might give him something to sink his teeth into, but it's... I don't know what this is. I mean, I I could be totally wrong that there's this like big major Picard movie out there that that is being yeah. developed. It doesn't. I don't think there is either. I mean, I think there are a couple. I think one possibility is yes, there could be a streaming movie that's in the works somehow that he's somewhat involved in. It could also be like I because his his quote like I I heard only last night about a script that is being written, and then he says he expects to get it in a week which seems fast if it's being written. Um, and it might just be like someone's pitching him a script. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's always a possibility is there's a, it's some logistics to this. So this was in early November. It's like five or six weeks after the WJ strike ended. And so it would have to have been something that was written very fast or started being worked on before the strike. Although, Anyone can write a script on their own during a strike because it's not technically struck work. Right. If no one's paying for it, you can do whatever you want. Even a WGA member could sit down and write a Star Trek script if Paramount hasn't hired him to do it, featuring Sir Patrick Stewart. I wrote it and then I just told him it's coming within a week. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I mean, that is a very plausible scenario. Paramount is open to ideas. They came very close to doing something with Quentin Tarantino that was going to be R-rated. They're obviously open to ideas for Star Trek. Right. It's not out of the possibility that someone says, what if we did this thing with the next-gen crew and whatever? And they take the meeting if you're a real writer. So that could be it. But I just don't see them doing that. Yeah. That being said, Jean-Luc Picard, I mean, if they're going to do something regarding the – Star Trek universe and the Kelvin universe and maybe bringing things back together again. People forget that the a good portion of the 2009 Star Trek movie is set in the prime universe. It was even closer tied to it. And Picard was part of it when you look at the prequel comic. But those scenes with Nimoy and, you know, his flashback scenes are all in the prime universe when, you know, the Romulan star was going to explode. And of course, we saw the aftermath of that in Picard. So it's possible one could, if one were looking at a way to somehow tie the Kelvin universe and the origins of the Kelvin universe, this is this is the craziest theory is, in theory, if you consider the origin of the Kelvin universe to be in the 24th century, you could say Picard has a role to play in that. But it doesn't feel like the same project. It doesn't, there doesn't seem to be any connection. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Yeah. But and again, it wouldn't that would not be Picard focused. It would be like, oh, look, there's Picard. And he's, right. He, I mean, he, he didn't like he, I, I think saying that there's something for Picard to do that's meaty doesn't mean the whole thing is about Picard. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It could just be we have this great scene for you. You're going to love it. Right. <laughs> but who knows? It's you never know with these 
It's always surprising sometimes what they come up with. So who knows what he's heard and what's going on. But that was, you know, recorded back in November. It's been a while. We haven't heard anything. I mean, this was a, you know, it was our biggest story of the week. Um, There was a lot of, you know, and we weren't the only people to cover this, of course. But there was a lot of fan feedback on our site, on just on, on social media. I would say... I mean, there never is a consensus with Star Trek fans, but if there were a consensus, I think people are saying season three was a great way to say goodbye to Jean-Luc Picard. Right. And we love you, Patrick, and we love Jean-Luc Picard, but, you know, you had three season swan song, and so do we need a another? You know, and I kind of agree with that. Not that I'm against seeing the character again, but I'm not sure I would want to see a Picard-focused thing. Right, like we got a lot of focus in the in those three seasons. So yeah. I agree with you. I mean, I also feel the same way about like bringing George Hemsworth back and doing Kirk and his dad and what I'm like. I don't. That's not my thing either. I think you mean Chris Hemsworth playing Sorry, George. Yes, <laughs> George Hemsworth, yes. the unknown Hemsworth. Yes, brother. it's true. I got my Hemsworths mixed up, but I was picturing the right one, and that's what really matters on a podcast. Indeed. <laughs> All right. Well, someone else had comments on this whole Picard idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the other, I mean, the, so Stuart hasn't clarified his comments, but some, you know, on social media, William Shatner or his Twitter account was asked about yeah, his Twitter account. <laughs> you know, does William Shatner write all of his own tweets? They are on behalf of William Shatner. I'll say that. I'm not, you know, it's not necessarily that he's drafting them all, but he's aware of what's going on necessarily, sure. you know, so. I think he's out riding a horse when all that's going on, but you know. So someone asked, what do you think of all this? And he was gracious at first because someone asked about the negative feedback from fans. And he's like, I think it's a great idea for Sir Patrick Stewart. Who's younger than Shatner. Yeah. And, and he said, haters are going to hate, meaning hate on Sir Patrick getting another shot. So, you know, very gracious, nice. But then it kept going. <laughs> right. Someone <laughs> asked if, you know, are we going to see you as Kirk again? And his response was, all you have to do is look at the Paramount Plus graphics to answer that question and posted one of the graphics they use where <laughs> they have representatives from all the shows and captains from all the shows, but no Captain Kirk from the original right. series. They Instead, they have Spock. Yeah. Um, and that that is, I mean, it's not just a like a promotional Twitter graphic. If you go in Paramount Plus now, they have a new tab called Collections. Yes. So you go Collections, Star Trek, and then bam, you see this graphic. And it's, you know, Michael Burnham and Janeway and Pike and Spock. And, and as he he also went on to say, it's not the first time there's been, you know, there's a Star Trek graphic he shared. And then he just kept going. And, and he kind of implied that there's people at Paramount or somewhere who are, I think he used the word afraid. Threatened. So he didn't imply he said it. Who, uh, well, or his Twitter account said it. Um, but who obviously feels threatened by the Kirk character and then added it's a character from a 1960s TV show. Get over it. Right. And I, I mean, he means his Kirk. I mean, he knows their Kirk is back. I, I was yes. there watching him hang out with, <laughs> yeah. and that's not the first time him and Paul Wesley have been, 
together. They did it in San Diego Comic-Con, too. So he knows there's a new Kirk and he knows that Chris Pine is Kirk. Yes, he's interviewed Chris Pine about being Kirk. So there's it's not that. But I think I'm going to say I think there is a an anti-Shatner Kirk thing going on. First of all, the response I've seen on social is so negative and everyone just thinks he's being a jerk. Or whatever, or his I Twitter say account. A negative. Is, I would. There's his, his Twitter account is being a jerk. I just want to be specific. Right. Well, but then there's there's also some people who've decided he's now championing their pet political cause. So you hear a lot of people throwing around the word woke, which I oh, hate. You know, which and is all like that a red kind of flag. Stuff. Yeah. Right. And so, and I I'm not sure he was doing that, but some people have taken it like, oh, he's on our team. Um, and he's going after Hollywood. But, you know, there is, I mean, certainly the cliched version of Kirk is something that isn't very 21st century, but Kirk wasn't his cliched version. That's know, the that- thing. I mean, you know, because I wrote a whole article about this for the Star Trek site years ago called In Defense of Captain Kirk, because I find it very frustrating that the view of who Shatner's Kirk was doesn't match to the actual if you actually watch the show like he's he's a thinker he's got compassion he loves he's a strategist he's complex he's a pacifist he has all these things that that swaggering version of kirk is is a not the accurate version of kirk yeah i mean yes he did kiss a lot of women on the show but he wasn't a misogynist um, and it was the sixties and that was typical right. the leading, the leading man, you know, gets the girl and it's a new episode every week. And, you know, not that there's new, there was a new girl every week. In fact, they're, when you add them all up, it's of all the episodes and it, it isn't that many. I think movie Kirk, his movie Kirk was more swaggery than his TV Kirk. Yeah, that's probably true. But he was a very nuanced guy and it's so I understand, like, I feel frustrated when I see them leave him out of all this stuff because I go, he is such a huge part of what it is. Now, I don't know if some of that is money. Like, I don't know the details of that. Well, they could use pictures of Kirk and promotional stuff. That's what I would think, you know, right? They, it's theirs. They, and, they and, have- and they have. And he's, you know, Kirk is in video promotion his kirk is in some stuff as well so like he used the phrase erased like they're trying to erase his kirk and that's just you know that's taking it too far they haven't done that but often they prefer to use spock and of course the rivalry between spock and kirk i don't know not sure how apocryphal it is but leonard nemo got more fan mail than william shatner at least some time no i think that's true i believe that's true and also that william shatner was very concerned about how many lines he had versus how many lines nimoy had because he was the star of the show which is also by the way a very like it's probably it's not normal to count lines but certainly it wouldn't be the first show where a lead character was concerned that a not lead character was usurping their place yeah so this was the big news of the week until paramount um (laughs) trotted out Another Star Trek movie, uh, um, and you know Shatner, like he, the, the other, you know, the thing is, these things happen on Twitter because it just gets into a cycle where you're kind of getting goaded yeah. by your own followers and people. He's responding to questions, and then he just decided to move on, and he like posted a move on graphic, and like he he realized it's going, or you know whoever's running the account, somebody, you know. <laughs> 
And then it goes back to Big Shatner. He's promoting his stuff. He's got, you know, the unexplained and. And he's going to Antarctica with Scott Kelly in December. And you can go too for like 35 grand or something. Yeah. And th- that's what's top of mind from William Shatner is his family, his next project, not Star Trek. I know. That's the funny thing is like this tweet goes out and the hall, the Star Trek community is like buzz, buzz, buzz. And they're arguing and they're mad and they love him and they hate him and they think he's a jerk and whatever. And he's he's not thinking about it. He's done. Yeah, as they say, he's not that into you. <laughs> Proud of his work on Star Trek, but and he does go to the conventions, but he's got other stuff going on. It's is yeah. is isn't what he's thinking about every day. And so right, and so the point I think the big point of that is he's not sitting there looking at all their graphics and obsessing about why he's not in them. Someone asks and he's like, "Yeah, look, look at these graphics that I'm not in." Right. I mean, I, I've seen him comment on these before, but it's always someone sending him a graphic saying, hey, Bill, did you see how they didn't include you in this one? You know, right. He doesn't see the ones that he's included. It's always someone basically poking the bear. Right. Hey, you know, did you see this one? So he may have a distorted view because he's not going and looking to seeing the other ones. And that's made by marketing people, not necessarily, you know, I'm not sure. Bob Backish or Alex Kurtzman is you know, <laughs> no. going, do not include William, you know, there's no, no memo Alex about Kurtzman, this. I don't think is getting involved in whose face goes on the Paramount Plus promos. <laughs> no. So speaking of Star Trek feature films, through the, uh, the Byzantine world of licensing <laughs> at the beginning of the month, all of the Star Trek movies are no longer available on Paramount Plus. They're now back on Max. If you remember, this happened before where they all went to HBO Max and and HBO, like they're now airing on HBO. And this is probably going to last like four, five, six months like it did before, and then it'll be back. And and who knows when this deal was cut? It's possibly a deal that they – a licensing deal they did before they even created Paramount Plus. But it, it is possible. We're now seeing a move back to more licensing in general. Yeah. Um, Third party licensing. In fact, Warner Brothers Discovery is doing a lot of licensing now themselves, licensing their product. A lot of their stuff is showing up on Netflix. HBO shows are showing up on Netflix, that kind of stuff. You know, everything old is new again. Advertising is the thing. Licensing is the thing. What I don't like about this, but I guess it's kind of for movie, it's this issue of exclusive licensing. I'm like, you know, Paramount, license it to everyone. Knock yourself out, but don't give the exclusive license to HBO. But that that is kind of how these things tend to work. Right. Well, because I assume that's what gives the value when you're the one paying for the license. Yeah. But I mean, if for the TV shows, they, you know, everyone was happy. Netflix, Hulu, Amazon were all happy to buy the full library of all the legacy TV shows without it being exclusive. Then Paramount clawed all those back. I wouldn't mind to see them uh, license those around. I mean, obviously they're licensing Prodigy now. Yeah. I mean, I just, I like them being licensed around because then more people see them and I like more people seeing them. Exactly. But yeah, if you went looking for the movies and they weren't there, they're over at HBO Max. Sorry. It's just Max. I know. But Max or is HBO. such a stupid name. It is. It is. <laughs> well, speaking of Max, so the latest corporate news we talked about a, f- a while ago when Brian was here was that the owner of Max 
Warner Brothers Discovery was in talks to buy or merge with Paramount. The latest update is that those talks aren't over, but they have not advanced. But what is heating up is what we talked about even earlier, which is Skydance. David Ellison's company that has worked with Paramount, including on Star Trek movies, is putting together what would be a cash deal, which would be better than a stock deal in some ways. And they have plenty of money, unlike Warner Brothers, who have more debt than Paramount, which is why I always thought it was weird that they were thinking about buying Paramount. Paramount. But so it's now looking like, I mean, Paramount is for sale. It is on, you know, if you... They don't have a big sign in front of the lot on Melrose, but they might as well. <laughs> and it it's now looking like Skydance is you know more likely than before. This would still be done in the way where they take controlling share of Sherry Redstone and then they would do a merger. I think this would be a good thing for Paramount Pictures as a studio. It would and uh, and they would own Star Trek. They would own CBS Studios and movie distribution. But we don't know what would happen to the rest. CBS probably wouldn't be part of it. Um, Nickelodeon could get spun off. Apparently, there's some people interested in that. And Paramount Plus, including all that Star Trek originals, it's unclear what would happen to that. Yeah. If they would keep that or shut it down and just start becoming more like Sony. Sony's the one studio that hasn't made a big play in streaming. Right. So the Spider-Man movies are on Netflix. You know, they, they, they'll they license to anyone. Yeah, they make stuff and sell it. Yeah, they call it the arms dealer thing where they just sell to everyone and they don't <laughs> care. <Nice. laughs> they, they literally call it that, arms dealer. You know, so very, it's, Holly, it's Hollywood. Paramount could move to that structure. It's unclear what would happen to all the Star Trek stuff in that, in that world. But they've put so much money into building Paramount Plus. I just can't see that just being shut down. I feel like they... Try to do something like cut a deal with Comcast or maybe even Discovery. I mean, I, I've thought if you're not Disney, Netflix or Prime, if, if you're not one of them, then you should all get together and, and, and join up and create one thing. Yeah. You all get to share in it, you know, and it's $20 a month. There's plenty of stuff out there to make it into something that could compete with the, those big boys. But um, OK, so moving on. We have some fun news, which is that um, at the Astra TV Awards this week, the third annual Astra TV Awards, um, Jerry Ryan and Terry Metalis both won awards for Star Trek Picard, which is so nice to see. Um, Picard, they went into it. Picard had seven nominations. Lower Decks had one. They both made really nice speeches, I thought. Terry actually named every writer on the team, which I just thought was such a great thing to do. He named the producers. It was just and, was, and his family, you know, and, and well, of course, I mean, that's lovely and you should. <laughs> uh, but I think a lot of a lot of people don't go up and name all the other writers. So I thought that was lovely. Right. And well, he was he was being not, he was he won the award specifically for because he was up for a couple of awards. Yes. Um, yeah. The, the show was up for best drama and he was up for best writing and for best directing and he won for best writing. Yeah, it was it was great. And this used to be called the HCA Awards. If Strange New Worlds has won there before, Patrick Stewart and Brent Spiner were also nominated, uh, but they didn't win. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, it was a it was a good night. And it's nice to see Picard get recognized. Yeah. You know, in that way. 
So we have the Saturn Awards coming up uh, next month, and there are a lot of nominations for Star Trek, so hopefully they'll pick some up there. They didn't. So last weekend was the Emmys or the Creative Arts Emmys because this weekend is the real Emmys. Um, and Picard was up for a couple Emmys for makeup, uh, but they didn't win. Um, this week, the SAG Award nominations came out. I, I thought that Stewart was a possibility and maybe the ensemble, you know, but no, you know, no SAG Award. I don't think any Star Trek show or season has ever got a SAG award nomination. I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong, but it just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not something yeah. As a kid, I wasn't, you know, paying attention to the SAG awards. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to the, to the actors, obviously. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not dismissing them. I'm just saying like, it's not something I tracked the way that I was sort of more up on what was getting at what, Emmys and Oscars. Indeed. All right, well, let's move on to Star Trek Discovery because we finally have a little bit of information. First of all, season five is going to, the first episode is going to get its premiere at South by Southwest in March, ahead of its April premiere on Paramount+. Plus. We still don't have a date, but it's April. South by Southwest happens in the second week, week of March, although they haven't said which day it'll be the world premiere of the first episode of Discovery season five, and there will be a Q and a panel, but they haven't said who's going yet. So we don't know if it's going to be, usually these things are mostly like writers and directors and that kind of thing, but they might bring like Sinequa and stuff like that. But South by Southwest is a big deal. Yeah. It's very industry ish. Some fans go, it's, it's not like Comic-Con, you know, it's not a, no, no, it's mostly for industry. I'm, I'm thinking of trying, I may go. Okay. So they did give a description of that first episode, and I will read. Captain Burnham and the USS Discovery are sent to retrieve a mysterious 800-year-old Romulan vessel until the artifact hidden inside is stolen, leading to an epic chase. Meanwhile, Saru is offered the position of a lifetime and Tilly's efforts to help pull her into a tangled web of secrecy. So we knew there was going to be this big chase. And a big uh, mystery thing that everyone's looking for right we knew all about that i got excited just hearing tilly's name in that description because i always worry that there won't be enough tilly because yeah. they're gonna who knows let's break that down piece by piece i mean the, the big thing here is that it starts with something romulan and it's 800 on an 800 year old ship and this does put into context some clips and trailers and stuff that we've seen before including that five first five minutes of the season Yep. Where where we now know that is on a Romulan an old Romulan ship from the twenty fourth, maybe the twenty third century. There's a there's a shot in one of the clips where you can see the Romulan ship. We now know this is a Romulan ship. So it's kind of like going back and looking at stuff and having this new context. Uh, you know, maybe this is somehow tied to late twenty fourth century and the description of the, you know, uh Romulan star and you know this could be tied to Picard in some way possibly sure. but it's all about this this artifact which we saw in the first trailer at New York Comic Con way back in 2022 it's that kind of puzzle box thing which the bad guys capture on the Romulan ship which you could see in the clip so we don't know if it's really all about the Romulans or whether this you know it's my bet is it's not really all about the Romulans it's just that this thing whatever it is was on a Romulan ship. 
Yeah. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's a Romulan thing, although it could be. So that's fascinating, I think. And then you've got the Saru thing, which is a totally separate thing. Yeah. That's the B story of Saru offered the position of a lifetime. Because, you know, I've always said two captains is one too many captains on a ship. As Tony always says, two captains is one too many captains. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's one of my most famous sayings. Yes. Uh, <laughs> We're having T-shirts printed up. Yeah. So what could this be? I'm thinking it's not a promotion within Starfleet. I'm thinking he's he's going to be offered something to do with a Kelpian thing, like maybe president or, you know, whatever they call the the leader. I guess they have a council because they work together with the weird goo people. He was and he was on the the Bakul or something. He was on yeah. the council for a while, right? Like he was, I think, helping. Yeah, that's the, his yeah. pin is a council, but like it would be a bigger deal. Like he's like yeah. the the head of the council, which would make him a peer of um Tarina? his girlfriend. Yeah, you know, or maybe he's ambassador to the Federation or something like that. But that doesn't sound like the position of a lifetime. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I'm just glad Tilly's involved. Look, I've been waiting and worried. <laughs> so T Tilly's efforts to help help Saru or help the artifact mission. What do you think? I'm going to, I mean, they grouped it with Saru. The phrasing indicates that it has more to do with Saru. And that makes sense. They have a strong bond. There was a, a mentor mentee situation with them in some seasons. So yeah, I, I I'm, you know, and, and that, you know, if you're going to bring Tilly back, you need to bring her back. She needs to be involved. She needs her yes. own stories. Yep. She can't just be in the background making funny quips or dropping F-bombs. You know, she's got to be there for a reason. And then the other discovery news is that the Writers Guild site now has a full listing. And again, this could change. Again, I haven't said it yet. This could change. It's tentative. Um, subject to change. But there are episode titles and writer credits for all 10 episodes. And the first one, which we've already been talking about, is Red Directive. Probably some Starfleet thing. I was guessing that this might be like a red notice, like Interpol has a, if you, if you put a warrant out, so it could be related to the bad guys who are yeah. criminals. If you go on the site, um, we have the full listing and also a little bit of speculation on what some of those titles could possibly be referring to. I mean, let's not go into all of them, but one of them perhaps is the one that stands out is one of them is called Mirrors, halfway through episode five. <laughs> when you see Mirrors, like, you know, what do you think? And is it too obvious to think that they're going to dip into the mirror universe? They could. I mean, they already spent so much time there. You speculated that somehow they would tie into Giorgio, the Section 31 movie. That's how you would do it. But what could be, it's also just, it's, it's the advantage of the mirror universe is you can revisit anybody. Yeah, exactly. If you decide to do that. It could also just not be about that. So who knows? The season finale is called Life Itself, uh, which is a Mark Twain quote. So we're possibly going to see some twaining. Yes, I think that's what it's going to be all about. <laughs> that is how they are going to resolve the season is everyone's going to get together and do some twaining. Yep. And then they'll all be uh, besties forever. Exactly. So I'm getting excited about Discovery. Yeah, uh, I just wish it was sooner. Three months. It's been a long time getting from there to here. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be impossible for them to keep because they're premiering this a month ahead of when they're going to put it on Paramount Plus at South by Southwest. Yeah, even if it's early April, that's still a 
good chunk of time. You know, obviously they're not that worried about spoilers because you, know, you can't keep everyone who attends South by Southwest to sign an <laughs> NDA. It's like, Don't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever it is, it's going to come out. Uh, are there any other TV shows? Star Trek Prodigy. We got a little bit of news on Star Trek Prodigy. Thanks to our friends at uh, Virtual TrekCon. We love those guys. But they had the Hageman brothers on and they talked about how, well, they talked about being on Netflix and how they feel like Paramount Plus isn't super stable right now. So it's yeah. actually a good place for them. And it's, you know, we t we've talked about this already, but it's the show's been appearing on like top 10 kids show lists around the globe, which is really nice. Um and when they were asked about, you know, if they do get a call for season three, they said it would take about two to three years from that green light to actually make the season, to finish making the season. Right. So that means the soonest we're going to be seeing season three of Star Trek Prodigy, which we don't know if that's going to happen, would be 2027, real realistically. Right. right. Because they haven't gotten that phone call yet. Right. And they wouldn't until after Netflix sees how season two does. Right. So it'll be a while. They did say that the season two finale, they said it does wrap everything up nicely. Like if that's it, you're not going to feel like you've been left hanging, but it does open the door to what season three could be, which I think we've sort of heard them talk about. Yeah. Um, and then they talked a little bit about the Chakotay Janeway reunion and how emotional everybody has gotten who's gotten to see part of it or be involved in it. It's a major episode, the reunion episode. It's a tearjerker. Yep. I just don't know which way they went on that. Right. Do you have a prediction? Are they – I just don't think they're going to be a couple. I don't know. I just don't think it's I that. don't want them to be a couple. Maybe he met somebody nice. <laughs> and he's there with his new baby. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Does the baby have a tattoo? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um Prodigy and Discovery, the things we know are coming. We just don't know exactly when for either of them. Yeah. Definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, very much so. That's really it for like news news. We've got a kind of a – there's some gaming news, which is Star Trek Online. You, every quarter, roughly, they, they release a new – what they call a season, which is a new storyline with – you know, and they usually bring in a legacy character. Star Trek Online has been going on for – this is their 14th year, amazingly. So it's hard for them to bring in someone they haven't brought in before, but they, they're doing it with uh, Nicole DeBoer and Esri Dax, Captain Esri Dax. Yeah, Captain Esri Dax. That's nice. Yes. So um, uh, Garrett Wong, is he's returning again as Captain Harry Kim, but they established that years ago, actually. And it's called Star Trek Online Both Worlds. It involves the Mirror Borg and the the Borg King and all sorts of stuff, which you could read on the site. But the big news is Nicole DeBoer is back. I, I've seen some, uh, this always bothers me, by the way, I'm just going to, this is a little Tony side rant, but there are certain websites out there, which I will not name that take extended universe things and make them seem like, like they'll do a headline, like Nicole DeBoer returning Right. And they show a picture of her like we did the article, but and we, you know, we say she's returning in Star Trek Online and we show the image of her in Star Trek Online. So it's clear it's a game, you know, but people take moments from like comic books or novels or movies and they make it seem like 
you know, Cisco's coming back because Cisco's a character in the comic books, whatever, you know, and that, that, that just kind of. They just want the click. Yeah. But it, if you click that and then you're like, oh, it's some game. I mean, aren't, isn't that, aren't. Well, they don't care. Well, I just think it's enough that she's, you know, that she's doing Star Trek again. You don't need to hide that to get the click is my point. Yes, and- I agree with you. And I share your frustration and your scorn and contempt. <laughs> I didn't use those words. You <laughs> used those words. Well, you're I share them me. with you. Yes. You're, Tony you're like- is full of scorn. I just want everyone to know just how full of scorn and contempt Tony is. Okay. <laughs> Another fun thing in this new update, they're doing this fleet action thing, which I won't explain, but they're basically there's a recreation of Wolf 359 and you'll be able to participate in Wolf 359 in the game, which is fun, depending on your point of view, even though yeah, it's I was like gonna the- say that does not sound fun to me. <laughs> it's 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 fun if you like, you know if you like shooting, I guess, or hiding. <laughs> I don't know if like like will you see Captain Shaw and his little shuttle and him building his resentment of John Luke Picard yeah. somehow. <laughs> starts the seed is planted <laughs> yeah but i'm just glad that you know there's star trek content yeah i want more star trek gaming content out there i um that was the one thing we you know we talked about this great game from last year star trek resurgence but there's nothing on the horizon game wise that we know is coming this year there were two games released last year uh, there was the strategy game in that game but nothing we know coming this year that's unfortunate that's it for the podcast. Um, I think for bits this week, we're just going to talk about what's happening this weekend, starting on Saturday, right? I can't believe we're here. Trek Talks 3 is coming this Saturday. It all starts. There's a pre-show at 9.45 a.m. Pacific with the Sci-Fi Sisters, who we love. Again, we've talked a little bit. We've had John Billingsley on to talk about it. It's all for a great cause for the Hollywood Food Coalition, which we have a video from them on the site that you should take a look at to see the work they do. The panels that we have booked are so cool and so exciting. And I'm moderating one that's the Strange New Worlds crossover. You're moderating a conversation with the Prodigy producers and Brandon Braga. Yeah, it's the person who was there at the beginning for Janeway and the people who are carrying on both Janeway's stories. So that's that's fascinating. The whole schedule is now available Yep, on the Trek Talks website, which is trektalks.net. And we have an article up on our site. Yep. We, the schedule there too. And we have some, I mean, I don't know if we've told people before, like Ken Biller is going to be interviewed. We have Doug Jones. There's Connor Trenier. There's Nana. Did there's you mention so, Jerry already? Jerry Ryan? Jerry Ryan is joining the Star Trek Picard panel, along with Michael Dorn, who was confirmed at the last minute. You know, what's great is like Gates McFadden was our, I think, our first guest booked. And then she had to cancel because she had another obligation that she had to do. And then that got canceled and she immediately came back to us, which I think is an amazing thing. She could have just said, oh, I told them I couldn't do it. And instead she's like, now I'm available. So that Picard panel is now chock full of people. It's going to be amazing. Be, Kayla is co-moderating with... With Jonathan um, Del Arco. Yeah, it's just so great. And it's Terry Metalis, Jonathan Frakes, Gates McFadden, Jerry Ryan, Ashley Sharp, Chestnut, Michael Dorn, Brent Spiner, and Todd Stashwick. Like, that's insane. fantastic. This is the panel you wanted to see in Vegas last summer that we couldn't... It's going to be great. And then as soon as you finish watching that panel, we go into 
that I'm so excited about this one too. The Tuvix panel with Ethan Phillips, Tim Russ, Tom Wright, and Lisa Klink, moderated by the Delta Flyers. Hello. I mean, that's not your closer, but I don't know. That's the one. I mean, of course, people should be most excited about the one I'm moderating because anything I do is the most important. But or otherwise, the one I'm moderating or the one you're <laughs> moderating. Well, the one I mean, you're, I would say your yours is I'm excited about that one. But I've never seen Tom Wright talk about Tuvix, you know, so this is going to be something new and exciting that we've never seen before. And the, the cool part is like to have Ethan and Tim and Tom Wright, first of all. Even just the three of them, what I think would be interesting. Then you get Lisa Klink, who was in the writer's room when that whole, when the episode was being written. And then, you know, the, you know how much I love my Delta Flyers. Well, Garrett and Robbie have already done a deep dive into the episode. So they know how to talk about it. They know what the issues are. They've watched it closely. And they're the perfect, perfect people to be moderating the panel. Trek Talks kicks off at what time? Saturday? 9.45 a.m. Pacific with a pre-show, and then 10 o'clock, the full thing kicks in. So you will watch lots of Star Trek. You'll learn about the Hollywood Food Coalition. John Billingsley will, I'm sure, talk a lot about not wearing pants. And even after it's over, the video, the full video will be available. We'll be writing stories about this, but, you know, do do try to watch it live because there's, there's going to be a chat function and all that. So... Um, it'll be more fun live. But if you're listening to this podcast and it's not Saturday, you can still watch it and you yep. can still contribute to the Hollywood Food Coalition, which you should do. You can even do that right now. Exactly. Yep. And because so for I, not everybody can donate, which I understand. But one thing that would be really helpful is please spread the word. We want as many Star Trek fans as possible to know that this is happening, to watch the event, to get inspired to do something. We've put some of the graphics from the splashier celebrity focus panels on the site, on our site. You can just grab them, share them on social, send people to trektalks.net um, and to the Hollywood Food Coalition and help us. As much as you can. We really appreciate it. Is there a hashtag? Just Trek Talks. That works. So, yeah, use the hashtag, send people to the site, share the images, and let's raise a whole lot of money for the Hollywood Food Coalition. So, that's it for the second podcast of 2024. And uh, we can't wait to see you back soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>